when she sees the red light, she's like, <laughs> was she doing a commercial? What was it? That one. Yeah, it was record. Yeah, it was recording for something of the red light. But she had practiced forever, and right? She was. She had it. And he, oh no, you you got this, girl. <laughs> she did. She was like, went dead in the eyes. <laughs> That's how it is. Like, I just hit record now. It's like, um, <laughs> hello? <laughs> my friend, my best friend, Jen Hicks, the first time she was on the podcast with a couple other girls, I know what she was doing. All she could do was channel Delicious Dish from that <laughs> SNL sketch. And I'd be like, Jen, what do you think? She goes, well, <laughs> I'd say yes, we love those sweaty balls. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Jen, just talk normal. She's like, they okay. taste great in my mouth. <laughs> That was classic <laughs> SNL. It was, yeah. There is something about like sometimes that um, public radio voice, right? That brings just the softness to it, right? And I was like, "Snap out of it, Jen! We're on a podcast." <laughs> you're like, you're distracting me. <laughs> well, here we are. We've gotten started. Uh, hey, everybody! Welcome to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary Church, and I am delighted and so happy to be spending this wonderful Sunday afternoon with a very wonderful person, Malia Dunn. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. Oh my gosh! I'm so happy to have you here. <laughs> I'm so tired of having all these dirty comics <sighs> on my. Just there's, there's there's nothing that I bring if it's not cleanliness. <laughs> After we talked about my dirty feet on your white ottoman. I can't believe. <laughs> That's like, I don't. <laughs> Something about dirty feet just reminds me of my mom grabbing my feet and taking a, cl- a cloth and like, you know, cleaning them for me. And I was like, nah, no. When you never look at your feet, right? Like when I look down and see my feet, that's when I'm like, oh, it's been a while. I do need to bathe myself. I do need to show. Because <laughs> you because they're trapped or they're under you and then you yeah. put your feet up somewhere and you see it you're and you're like oh feet. shit you have really nice feet i have these weird clubs oh thank you i got malia i got the best pedicure yesterday because i just needed it and i yeah. said i'm gonna splurge i'm gonna go for the super deluxe they rubbed you all the way up your thigh let me tell you <laughs> we'll get to the intro here in a minute but let me tell you about this pedicure they put a hot pack around my neck mm. The seats um, not just massaged you, but something underneath was massaging. So it was getting like your thighs. There was something on the bottom seat and it was pressing against my parts. (laughs) And then they. (laughs) Where is this? It was. Where is this? I need to go as soon as we're done. It's called Buff and File. It's on like McClintock and Southern. And Mm. I know that because my friend referred me to there to do eyelashes. I decided to do Mm. eyelashes a while back. So and I was always like, this might be a nice place for a pedicure because it was a, like a nicer shop, yeah. but not too nice to where you can't afford it. Right. So, but this pedicure, like, they put different things on my legs and sugar scrubs and like Tiger Balm and then different mm-hmm. body mm-hmm. butters mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then wrapped each leg in its own hot towel. So I had like hot towel pants on. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. And I just kind of just lay there and right. just let them. And it was yeah. one. And they cut my toenails and painted them. So yeah. They look very, they're very shiny. Yeah. They're and fresh. Yeah. They're fresh and clean. Not, not like yours. Just buff kidding. And, buff and. Buff and file? Buff and file. I wonder if that's like a thing on rank and file. I don't know. I don't know. That's but what I heard. Well, you're welcome for the free advertising buff Yeah. And file. It was a good pedicure. And I had to take care of some of that dead skin, you know. Anyway, this isn't a uh, podcast about pedicures, but it is a podcast about wings. (laughs) 
Right. It's not about what happens at your feet, it what happens up here in your wing um, area. <laughs> you know, I feel like it is about self-care, though, in a way, or, like, just self Ishness. <laughs> so I think it's all connected. That's why we well, talk about anything. Food, friends, and fun, right? That yeah. is self care. I think you're right. Yeah. But tell me about you. Who are you, Malia? Tell, who are you? How'd who you get here? I? I'm an enigma. Right. No, I'm I'm as basic a bitch as they come. But oh, I don't think so. <laughs> every time I think I have something interesting and cool about me, then I like glance around and I'm like, oh, that's something that everybody else does too. Oh my gosh. I think you're probably one of the most interesting people I know that I don't, yeah, that I don't work with and that I don't do comedy with. I'm so happy to know somebody who gives back, who cares, who's super woke. But uh, so, so how do you describe yourself? What's your title? What do you do? Um, so I, um, I recently am emerging in self-employment, but around consulting with equity, diversity, and inclusion. So really working with, um, working with organizations to recognize, like, what are the things that are happening in an organizational culture that are toxic, that make people want to leave, that make people say, like, I don't fit here. And um, for for disclosure for the listeners, um, you might not be surprised to hear that I am a white woman. So I'm a white person talking about diversity and kind of getting in and saying, like, oh, what are all the unproductive things that that I have done in workspaces that I thought were shrouded in good intentions, but probably actually had alternate impact on folk of color that I worked with or, or, or others of just like, what does it look like in a workspace when people don't get to be exactly who they are and bring their best creative, innovative selves? Wow. And I'm like, I'm out of breath. And I realize I think I talked for a long time without taking no, a breath. Um, it's because we're full of wings. It happens to me a lot because I'm like, oh, it's because I'm oh, full. Man. Yeah. No, that's you. You know, you just gave me something to think about about being a white woman talking about diversity. Um, I wonder if, in a way, in some sense, that's really good as you're maybe talking to other white people. So it's kind of like saying, like, no, I. This is something I recognize within my own experience, and maybe they can relate more. I hope so. I hope so. So I, um, I got like a little. Um, dynamic energy when you said you're super woke, woke because I'm like, ooh, I, I really believe that that's only something that someone can say about someone else. Oh. Right, like, I don't feel that I can claim being woke or wokeness because as soon as I do, I'm going to say or do something where somebody's going to be like, shit, that was racist. <laughs> or you just said, like, you claim to be a uh, feminist and you just slut-shamed, right? right? So those, all those, like, that it is a constant, um, it's a li- like it's a life's work. We learn, we unlearn, we relearn, we unlearn, we relearn. So um, I think, like, I was like, ooh, she thinks I'm super woke, oh, which totally. is really exciting. Yeah. And, I, and I appreciate it, and I want to say thank you. And it's also like, and I also have to keep working because we never will know everything. I can't know it all. I think that right there is the true measure of somebody just being super, super woke or self-actualizes the fact that you realize that you're not or you're not all the time and you're a work in progress. Yeah, I'm going to screw up and I got to keep going. I think that's huge because people, other people will be like, oh, I'm not racist and 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 you're not. But I think it's like that awareness of like how you act. And I'm I don't know. But but let me lend some credibility to you here because I've always been impressed with your resume. You used to work for the Anti-Defamation League. Mm-hmm. You were involved with the Peace Corps, and you've worked at fundraising for nonprofits. Yeah. So it sounds like this has a, been a gradual 
like where you are now, self-employed consulting, like you have the experience and everything to kind of back it up or it's led you to this point. Is that true? Oh shit. Your lips to God's ears. Let's make that the truth. Yes, please. (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, I, my career started in nonprofit work and kind of grew into a fund, this fundraising and development world with, which, you know, if there are other folks who have lived, worked in the nonprofit world listening, they'll know like, oh yeah, the development professional, that is a grind, right? That is a never ending treadmill. And I was always like, I was always pretty jealous that I was, I was raising money. And then these other people that I looked at as like superheroes and creatives and, um, you know, any from, from teaching artists to people who were delivering human services, they would go doing like the real work and the work of the heart. And I would be really envious of them. And so that's, you know, part of what, what drove me out of, out of development work. And I was like, Oh, I needed to make a leap. And so I leaped uh, over to Albania and, and lived in Albania for two years serving as a Peace Corps volunteer. Oh my gosh. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was cool. Um, it was also really, really hot in the summers and really, really cold in the winters with no Where central Where is heat. Albania? Albania is on the Adriatic. Um, <laughs> it is it is just north of Greece. Okay. Um, so geographically, um, oftentimes those of us who served in Eastern European countries, other Peace Corps volunteers would refer to us as being in the Posh Corps. Oh. And um, they're not wrong. I, I wish I could say like, oh, you know, I was this this hardship and I learned so much about what I was made of because I had to go outside and like dig my own well for my bathroom. Like, no, I had, I had running <laughs> toilets. I had internet in my apartment. I was trying. Oh, you had internet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, my God. The interview's over. You're right. What a sham. What a sham. Um, <laughs> you had internet. I did. Just kidding. You know, there's still a lot more than any of us have done. <laughs> like, I've never gone anywhere and volunteered. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. So Albania is just North of Greece. Um, and I often would describe it that is the boot of Italy. If the boot were actually to like kick back, like if you were kicking under your chair, Italy would kick Albania, like kicking, like kicking back underneath. Okay. Okay. Very cool. And you said you did that for two years. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And I think that might, that probably wasn't the seed, but that was a place where while I was serving, um, I think I was able to start to unpack and shed, which I'm still shedding, like, white savior complex. Oh. And to start saying, right, to really start living in and being like, I'm not here to save other people. I'm here to be in community with other people. And how do we all work together to create something better versus the, um, and I don't think that was my primary driver, but, like, I'm going to go and be of service, and won't that be good? And don't you just see the halo over my head and right. pat me on the back? Is that where it's like, it's not about you making it about other people? Right. Like, I'm not going to come in here with the answers. Yeah. Because I don't know, because I'm going to just bring my lived experiences and my worldview onto something here that I don't even know yet. I think I know, because I think I'm the shit. But actually, when I get here and start peeling that back to say... How can I actually be in community and collaborate? And also there's a lot of like ego and dominance in like the I have the answers. Yeah. And these other people in this other country 
need me? Like, why haven't you guys figured this out for yourselves? Yeah, such bullshit versus like, wow, there are intelligent, amazing, passionate people here. And when we actually all put put our heads together, maybe we can create something that is new and work toward justice. Wow. Do you, were you raised with that kind of um, mindset or where does that come from? Where does that passion to serve and to do things and help others come from? Um, yeah, I definitely think it was part of um, like early socialization, early lessons about um, being able to take like, not take for granted the life that I, I grew up in a middle class home. Um, my, when we were, when we were young, my brother was very ill. And so one of the things that I did as a kid was like, imagine like this is, this is early eighties. Imagine like I would take the, excuse me, I would take the Folgers coffee cup and walk around the neighborhood and be like, will you donate to children's hospital Pittsburgh? Right. Cause that was the hospital that really saved my brother's life. So it was part of our family story was how do we give back? And so that was maybe an, an early, early, like that was my first development job. (laughs) My first fundraising. fundraising. Yeah. Wow, you are yeah. Leslie Nope. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Remember when she was running for mayor and then she found that video and she's like, no, I wanted to do this my whole life. And man, do I love a binder. <laughs> binder and highlighting and organizing and oh, we'll geek out on that. So shit. you really found your, like that is your niche. And yeah, that's wonderful. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about wings in a minute, but it's funny. I, I did bring up Liz, Leslie Nope because the first time like I got to hang out with you, you invited me to your Galentine's day event, yeah. which is from parks and rec, right? Yes, absolutely. She started that. And then, uh, how long have you been doing Galentine's day? So I'm going to answer that question, but I'm going to take a tiny little detour. Sure. So like three days ago, my mom, uh, my mom does, she keeps, all of the crossword puzzles from the newspaper and she like will collect them and then over time when she's going to bed well on the back of one of these old crossword puzzles was something about Leslie Nope and Galentine's Day and she sent it to me and she goes Amy Poehler stole your idea <laughs> she was so sure that like my idea was like this thing and I was like oh no mom it's the other way around <laughs> However, Amy Poehler would be so happy that you took that idea and ran with it and engaged so many women. I, I would think so. I like yeah. to think so. And I, I've seen other, like, when I um, when I started, like, oh, Valentine's Day. So it was, I started it because I had moved back here to Arizona um, after living in the Bay Area for a while where I was living with my, my boyfriend, and I just was not happy in the Bay Area. It was it it wasn't clicking for me. I wasn't finding my community and life wasn't full. And I came back to Arizona and I really wanted to connect and do things with people. So that, you know, I kind of created this I need to get out and connect. And I was like, well Valentine's Day. Like he's back in the Bay Area. We're not gonna do anything for Valentine's Day. And I definitely think there is um something to be said about celebrating female friendships. Yeah. That's really just makes me you know warm and fuzzy inside it was nice though the the first year I went we were at Tempe Town Lake Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and it was one of those things where I was like and I was in the same boat of like oh I would really like to meet more people and and it's easy to not go I think I wrote this on the Facebook group I was like it's easy to not go but like if you do you're not going to regret going you might regret Mm -hmm. not going but you're not going to regret going you may meet a couple people um, yeah. 
it was nice. And then that one lady brought all the sandwiches. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. Shout out to Chris Cartwright. She, that was so she good. is so generous. And when I was talking about it, she was like, can I bring the food? Can I bring the food this year? Can we do this? And can, I have some other women that I want to bring. And if I'm inviting them, I feel like I should do something. And I was like, you, that is above and beyond. And she's like, I'd really like to do this. And it was so touching and I was so pleased yeah Yeah. and that's the thing I mean women are so powerful we could what am I trying to say just the power of all of us together you know I mean Mm -hmm. it'd be scary probably what you could it could go if you said hey everybody you need to own a part of this or something and it's like there's like like a carnival there's there's (laughs) like right like pony rides and then be like cotton candy I don't know because I don't know I know when I have an idea I kind of always go like boom you know, oh, right. gets bigger and better, but those sandwiches were good. <laughs> they were good. I brought ring pops. <laughs> well, I'm thinking that a few this coming year, Galentine's 2020 needs to have wings. Oh my goodness. Maybe we do. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do a live uh, podcast from Galentine's Day 2020. Oh yeah. That might be good. I, sometimes I'm not good in groups. I was telling you about this and then some... I, I don't know. I think I am an introverted extrovert sometimes. and mm-hmm. But I try to force myself because I know it's the right thing. I know it's what I should do. Yeah. With one of the things that I try to do, because I think I realized the first year um, for Galentine's, it was these like different pockets of people that I knew that didn't necessarily know each other. Like mm-hmm. everybody knew me in some way, but didn't know each other. So trying to find like, how can I facilitate? Because it's, it's, like you get to that point where like, oh hi, and how do you know Malia? And this okay, answer's done. Now what? Right. So trying to have a little bit of structure. Like, I mean, I'm an icebreaker queen. Right. I love games and icebreakers, and I know for a lot of people that's like eye roll shit, but I love it. And so at least to create something that might start the conversation, like to warm it up, get people to connect, and people can opt in or opt out. Like to have some structure. To facilitate that, but then yeah. not so much structure that it's like the whole event is planned and run. Yeah, and I like kind of the location because it's such a neutral territory. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like nobody feels like, oh, this is my space, and you know you're a guest here. It's Come and like, go as you please. Yeah. yeah, I so I was looking at my uh, bulletin board over there because I have one of because you shared uh, Jarrett Ransom's quotes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. hold on, I'm gonna go look and see which one that yeah. is. Hold on. Yeah. Oh, this is good. That's Pete. Shout out to Jarrett Ransom. She brought uh, her JarrettInspires.com um, exciting quotes. Um, and I will also, this last year for Galentine's Day, we did it at um, Sing Meadows. Oh and that gosh. is an amazing space. It Ugh. works so well because it's like that way people got their own food with what they wanted. Mm-hmm. But if people don't know about Sing Meadows, it's in North Tempe. Maybe it's don't like, tell anybody because that's why it's still good. No, I'm just kidding. It's in a place in North Tempe. Go find it. It is if really nice. If you're so motivated by the way we're talking about it, I had a beautiful, their meal was just why, it was so pretty. I had this, like, toast with, like, mascarpone and then these beautiful, like, carrot radish. Like, it was yes. like a, a, a bouquet. Yes. So that quote over there says, we only regret the chances we don't take. Which is kind of what I just said a minute ago, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. You've um, been incepted. <laughs> Jarrett did a, a piece at my work, uh, and I and then I was lucky enough to get the whole set of quotes. Mm-hmm. And right now I have one at my desk that says, you are enough. 
Yeah. That's, I mean, that one really hits me, I think, because I'm sure a lot of people feel like this where you're like, I'm just, I'm not enough. What if this isn't enough? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's a nice Mm -hmm. reminder. Oh, maybe I needed this right now. Yeah. I love, I love that she, she had those little giveaways. Mine that I keep on my mirror is, um, if it doesn't open, it's not your door. Oh, that's good. And it's like, oh, man, how many times in my life have I spent, like, beating my head against something and being, and then only in hindsight being able to say, like, that wasn't supposed to work. Like, yeah. that wasn't your thing. You thought you thought it was your thing, and you were so invested. Yeah. It's like, oh, no. Like, just take one step to the left uh-huh. or one step to the right, and all of a sudden, the magic happened. I feel like that when I started doing stand-up versus trying to make improv work. Like, improv mm-hmm. really wasn't my jam so much. Mm-hmm. But then when I did stand-up, it just felt normal. And I feel like when things are meant to be, I'm not going to say they're easy, but it should be smoother or it should be, the right. door should open. Right. Something starts to flow. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that's neat. So let's talk about these wings we had today. Like, we had ATL wings. We sure did. I Uber Eats them. I've been phoning it in, you know, lately. I think in my future episodes, we need to probably go to some unique restaurants because I'm getting a mm-hmm. lot of repeat flavors. But you chose um, Honey Chipotle. Yes. C- citrus Chipotle. It was Citrus Chipotle. And Which tasted pretty honey Like honey hot. Honey-y. Honey-ish. Honey-ish. Honey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there was an there was an essence of honey. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what they I, I do you think that they are squirting like orange into like a honey mixture or well, like I'm getting really cerebral about this now because I'm like I don't think I tasted any citrus. It, there was a sweetness. Like there was definitely a sweetness to the heat of it. Didn't it kind of have like that orange chicken kind of citrus taste the same way like Panda Express orange chicken does? Yeah, now you're saying I'm like... <laughs> it just dot the stickiness. Yeah. You yeah. know they're using like pancake syrup or something to get it that sticky. <laughs> yeah. That's what you add to barbecue to get like sticky barbecue wings. Pancake sticky syrup. barbecue ribs is like uh-huh. pancake syrup. Okay. Isn't that gross? But it comes right, out Because really barbecue is brown sugar and ketchup. And then, I mean, that's oversimplification. The base, yeah. And then... Chefs everywhere make it their own with their others. So that ATL Wings, which I think it's the one on Indian School that I got it from, mm-hmm. I've heard that they make all the sauces for all the ATL Wings in this area. They're the, the sauce distributor. Yeah. They They're have the saucery. <laughs> They're the Sausalito. <laughs> they have these big drums and they make the sauce there. What if they did, like, I just got a new thought of, like, when you get into a mud bath. Like, what if you got, like, <laughs> put yourself into, like, a big drum, like, put yourself down into a, a vat of wing sauce. Wing sauce. That would be the cover of this album, I think. <laughs> it would be, like, me. Laying in, like, and then with little cucumbers on our eyes. Yeah, and then you're just <laughs> holding a wing like this. Like, yeah. And a towel, of course, right. over my head. <laughs> Citrus Chipotle, take me away. <laughs> I do Did like I just put, uh, no, I messed it up. Chipotle. 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 Chipotle? That's a white woman trying to say a word that she can't. <laughs> I, th- I feel like it's okay, though. You can say it wrong. Oh, I think it's it's like the epidemic of the United States is the way to pronounce that word. There's like Obviously, there's a restaurant with the name, and I don't know that there's any consistency of, of how it's... Well, for me, it was Jack in the Box that helped us learn how to say Chipotle. Because oh. they had some kind of Chipotle, and he'd go, Chipotle? And then the the last scene was, like, his mouth all up in a knot. <laughs> yeah. 
drawn they, on. They really came back from their E. coli scare in the 90s. I'll like tell you fun. what. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. They've got some real creative people there. Jack's up, back. Guess, so. That's member. And then he was running for president. And mm-hmm. they had little antenna balls. And we're like, what is this Jack? He's so great. Yeah. I forget they killed people with their meat. Oh, and that led me right into those years when, like, after the bars closed, you needed monster tacos, and oh. they were open when other places weren't, and it was like, this is, this is it. Their shake machine was never working, and I remember <laughs> I called them, <laughs> like, how come the shake machine's never working, and how come curly fries, you only get, like, two curly fries, and the rest are just curves? And they called me back. I never wanted to talk to them when they called me back, but they wouldn't let it go. It was an open ticket. They needed to close it, and I'm just like, I was just drunk. Complaining. I do. I mean, I guess like the real, real curls are probably the center of the potato, and the outside of the potatoes are what the the. You really only get like a couple of good curls. But those good, I mean, all of the grease and the oil and the seasoning gets caught up in there, and that makes them so good. But you only get three. Yeah. You know, and the rest are just like, uh. Yeah. The things you know, the things. Jack in the Box is good. I try not to go there because it's too good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's so good. It's worth the entire bellyache. And, and, uh, and, uh, well, if you're drinking, you need something to balance all yeah, the alcohol. Absolutely. I don't do that anymore that it's much. Yeah. Time. It's like I'm getting too old for that. So I became the person who tells the stories of, like, back when I was drinking. <laughs> and I watch younger people look at me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm that person that back in my college days we'd be like we'll never be that person (laughs) guess what you were wrong bitch yeah (laughs) it hurts everything hurts my hip my ears not working (laughs) yeah but okay so you um i heard you use a different term than i've heard before so first let me ask you do you like the drummies or the flats oh i know where you're going with this uh yeah I call them one boners or two boners. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, so the drummy would be a one boner and the flat or the wing would be a two boner. Exactly. Exactly. So do you, ah, this is great because it's not very often we get a new term. I've heard paddles. I've heard wings. Yeah. Flats. Yes. Um, two boners. <laughs> two boners are better than one. Yeah, I think so. As long as at the same time. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know what? I, I try to be really body positive, sex positive with people, whatever does, whatever, however many boners people need, or some people don't need them at all. Right, right. right? Th- that would be boneless. That would be a boneless swing or a chicken nugget. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, a lot of metaphors here. But I, yeah, I enjoy, I enjoy the two boners when it comes to wings. Yeah. I like to say it. I th- it makes me laugh. So a few things like make me really giggle anymore. Yeah. So it makes me boners. giggle. But there are times where if like, if I, depending on the crowd I'm with, I might have to say, like, drumsticks or flats. But the, it, when I say that, I know I just died a little inside. Because I wasn't able to be, like, you just got a little the real older. me. Yeah, yeah. You just, you're aging a little bit. A little yeah. gray hair kind of sprouts I'm, conform- I'm conforming to, like, decorum. Mm-hmm. Gross. So you prefer the wing or a two-boner. Do yes. you like a dry rub or a wet wing? I think, I think I'm going to say, for flavor's sake... I enjoy a wet wing. Um, and and even, like, it took me a while, but I really became, like, the, the buffalo sauce kind of purist. Like, I I love that buffalo sauce. And the, so 
to the point where it's like all over my fingers and then I have to do the uncomfortable thing like I could be yeah I could again no decorum let me lick it all off I don't want to <laughs> why would I waste it and wipe it on this napkin and then waste all these napkins no you have to lick it all off but then so for the sauce and flavor I like the wet wings but then for um if it was like a networking event and they had a plate of wings out I'd have to like lean into the dry rub because otherwise I'm shaking hands and putting it all over right. my, wiping it on my hip and being Maybe like, Maybe oh, wings gross. would not be good for a networking event. I don't think so. Side question. Is <laughs> Post Malone cute? Oh, um, hmm. That's a, so, yeah, you gosh, you're putting me on the spot. I really did because what you guys can't yeah. see is that the television is on yeah. and Music Choice is on. There's a big picture of Post Malone because there's a song on. And I've always often wondered, is he cute? So I would say just by like the quick, like my quick glance, I, it and wouldn't be. in that little corner now. Yeah. They changed the picture. He probably wouldn't be like a major head turner to me. Uh-huh. But I also like have had enough experiences in my life where somebody who isn't necessarily a total head turner, but then you start talking and there's like some kind of magic behind their eyes or they say something and they went from being like, okay, like, hey, you're not grotesque. Let's talk. And then they say something and all of a sudden like this like shine comes oh. on and it's like ooh and I think so you're you know you musicians wanna... I, now what we're seeing now is he's is wearing a red turtleneck and I, I turtlenecks are a deal breaker for me <laughs> I mean yeah this outfit he's got on is pretty <laughs> stupid it's like a red turtleneck he's got a safety it reminds me of the turtlenecks my parents used to make me wear when oh, I was yeah. young when it was cold outside in Pennsylvania and you had to wear a turtleneck for warmth I totally tur- took a left turn with this. I'm sorry. That's okay. But I'm into it. There on Netflix, there is a what Seth Rogen. He did a, a benefit type show with mm. all of his favorite comics and all of his favorite artists. And at the end, Post Malone sings "Return of the Mac," which is one of the best yes. songs ever. Yeah. But he's wearing these cool. Oh sl- my god! Yeah. <laughs> wearing these cool slacks and like a button-up silk shirt and he looks so cool and I was it's kind of like oh wait and the other thing about Post Malone is he has face tattoos like mm-hmm. you know and that our face it's tattoos real attractive. it really is saying he can I'm, commit he's showing that he can commit maybe he's that's gonna <laughs> commit to never having a day job <laughs> well and you know what maybe that was like that in that way, as an artist, maybe that was his safety net. Like, he can never go back to a day job. He's got to commit to his artistry. Maybe you should do that now that you're self-employed. <laughs> get, a t- get a face tattoo. Get a face tattoo. That's true. Yeah. But then again, you're still trying to get work. No, I'll ma- I'll ma- my face tattoo could say something like, um, I'm trying to think, like, what would, so that Woke. people know. Right, yeah. Just W-O-K. Um, yeah. You belong. You Embraced. belong. Right. But oh. of course it would say, like, I'm sure it would be like that whole no, re- no regrets. <laughs> it would say you belong and it would be like, you belong. Yeah. <laughs> you belong. <laughs> um, we, one time, a long time ago, we were partying in, in San Diego and like we met these guys and one of the guys had a face tattoo and there was something, I just felt so confident because we were hanging out with them and walking through the credit bars and I was kind of walking behind them like, yeah, no one's messing with me because you don't mess with somebody with a face tattoo. Right. They're crazy it's an ex- there's an expression there of like they've got some street credibility or maybe like you there's an impulsiveness oh you yeah, don't know what i'm gonna do straight out murder you and you, i thought you don't know me i was under that umbrella of protection yeah 
There was one rapper who has like an ice cream cone on his face. I'd really not mess with them because you know you gotta be nuts. Oh, I was just thinking that's adorable. <laughs> like, oh, like a little mint chocolate chip. Shows the sweetness. <laughs> just put it on your face. Okay, so it's just interesting. It's mm-hmm. it's really cute, but you can't bring him home to your parents kind of guy. Oh, think of like what would be the legwork that you would have to do with your, like for you, what would you have to do with like, what kind of things would you have to like, how long in advance would you have to like start selling all of the positive attributes, everything, and then like right before the, oh, you know, now that you've, you've heard all these great things, <laughs> one little thing I forgot to mention, like what groundwork and foundation would you You know, at this, at this point, my parents are getting so old that they might just be like, thank you, taker, like please, <laughs> we're just glad she finally found somebody. Huh. I don't know. They might forget. They are getting old, so I don't think I have to. I've, I've, by how's their vision? So so. (laughs) Like, by not having relationships, I've kind of aged out of that issue that I no longer have that Mm. because I I haven't had a boyfriend to bring to them. Mm. Hold on, I need to write face tattoos down (laughs) on my sheet here. Very important. Because you know what happens when you have a podcast? Tell me. You you enjoy. You enjoy recording and eating and all that, but then you have to do post-production stuff. You have to write things. You have to, this is one of my favorite songs right now. Um, You have to write, you know, like the captions for Facebook and Instagram Mm -hmm. and then for SoundCloud. And and then sometimes it falls by the wayside and you're like, oh, why couldn't I be more clever with that? So so I had to write down face tattoos. Yeah, that's a a, a hook. That is a hook. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to hashtag that. A little bait and switch with that one. How many wings can you eat? If you were hungry, if you sat down to a plate, how many can you eat? So when I'm hungry, I am ravenous hungry like and and angry. Got into a big conversation with my mom the other day. (laughs) She's never had that feeling of hanger. And she thought I was just being dramatic. And I was like, you don't understand. But so when I'm hungry, I'm really ravenous. I think, I know there have been times where, like, a dozen just absolutely wouldn't be enough. And I think, I like, I get real bold and might order two dozen and then partway through that really regret it. Because uh-huh. right, then I can't finish it. But I'm also ha- feel issues of pride or oh. issues of, like, I think something that is tear that tends to be happen with women is like to be a people pleaser and it's like well I ordered it and now I'm supposed to finish it I'm supposed to clean my plate so you have yeah. that kind of like <laughs> I don't feel good I don't want to keep going but to keep I don't know that I've ever eaten two dozen wings so you're maybe good not for a, a dozen aesthetic. easy okay yeah okay that's why I, I always like to get fries or something on the side just to kind of supplement yeah. it a little bit because yeah. if, you, if you really add up the amount of meat you're eating it's not that much it's not. Do you it's do a the process, though. And it's a process. you know what? As a diversity person, I like the diversity of flavor that fries bring into the <laughs> wing plate. You know, it just it kind of balances out. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. Um, do you, you know what ATL Wings doesn't do celery or carrots? But do you? Mm. Would you normally do celery carrots? Yeah, I'm. I am more of a celery person mm-hmm. than a carrot person. Um, and one thing, and I don't know if this is. It's going to be a stretch for me to call this an urban legend, but I think I heard once that the celery was if you break the, if you break the celery, 
and it's, you know, it's mostly water, it's mostly moisture, but then use the celery like lip gloss before you start eating your wings. What? It's supposed to, and I have no idea if somebody Loop was just it up. like, and like protect your lips when you're like, my mouth is burning, but my lips are burning, but everything like, like a protective coating. Oh my goodness. I don't know if it's true or not. We could, we should have tried try it. it. Well, we didn't have any celery. Yeah. I, after I got done eating, I went and put a little Vaseline on my lips because it, you know, it dries my burning. Um, <laughs> lip TLC. Well, certain things like that will just, you know. Yeah. Um, I had a guest once tell me the story about how buffalo buffalo wings were created at the um, Anchor Bar in Buffalo. Okay. And the owner, like the son, came in with his friends. It was late. And he's like, Mom, you know, want something to eat? And so she just fried up some chicken parts that she was going to use for stock, mm-hmm. fried them up, threw some sauce on it. She had blue cheese. She had celery. So she fed it to them. And they're like, this is great. And that's how buffalo wings came about. That's really cool. And... Like, Buffalo is a very, very cold place. Uh-huh. So, like, having the heat in your body, like, heat, but also then you create this physical sensation of heat in your body was probably a mm. important piece of it. I or think. maybe they were just drunk and they needed drunk food. It was, like, the first drunk food. Maybe not the first, but. Right. <laughs> right I'm imagining, like, I'm imagining, like, ancient, ancient times, like, no, this first I think drunk food, like, like a guy in a toga with a wing. <laughs> The first drunk food was probably just like thing grapes and olives or something. Yeah. Right? Because I just drank wine all day. So yeah. that's what I heard. I would love to do a, an episode in Buffalo, go on a little ro- a little trip, you know, oh, yeah. and, and have a wings with friends there. Well, and then, I mean, you do Buffalo for the Buffalo <coughs> style, but then like all of the different cities you could explore with barbecue. Mm-hmm. Oof. Kansas City, into Tennessee, all kind of. Yeah. Because there's, like, there's a whole bunch, like there's, there's a whole barbecue culture of people who are like no no that's not barbecue this is barbecue yeah and like they do smoked wings like in uh-huh. memphis uh-huh. um and it's the, the the whole wing you know like the it's not mm-hmm. cut so there's a lot of territory but no i keep uber eating it from atl wings <laughs> atl wings and and long longs um yeah. that is great um so oh i was talking about your wing preferences right so you can eat yeah. about a dozen maybe more maybe a little less yeah um and i'd say like that if we're at a party, like mm-hmm. let's say it's like a, a football Sunday or something and the food is just out over time, there's there's no telling what what I can put, the grazing style of eating. Yeah. Because then it, like, it just keeps moving through. You don't feel full because it just keeps shifting and shifting. I like to just eat and get it out of the way oh. and then focus on drinking or something else. Mm. I'm, I'm a total grazer. If there's food out, like I'll... Get but I love that sort back. of thing, get a though. Plate and come back. Oh. Get a little plate and come back. That's my problem. I think is that I'm. That's too, also like, a urgent. tool I use to to get out of conversations. I'm not enjoying. Oh, oh I'm gonna get a little more food. I'll see you back. I'll see you. <laughs> yeah, I just showed my hand. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Have you anything interesting ever happened to you over a wing next to a wing, or a wing was in a room, like maybe a Super Bowl mm. party or a contest or anything like that? Do you have any wing stories? Hmm. You know, I, I do have a friend of mine who um, is a restaurant manager, and he has a way of ordering wings that is just breathtaking. Like, well, and I'll say, I, I think for the most part where I've seen him order wings in this way is Four Peaks. Okay. Let's see. I need to go to Four Peaks for wings, I think. Yeah. They have a, they have a, they're, they're good. Okay. He... He is very he's very particular, which uh, to me is like uh, that you're taking a risk at a restaurant when uh-huh. you're being very particular, or you have to be really sure that you're 
you've made you've built a relationship with the server. Uh-huh. Otherwise you're getting the the eye roll and the dude, you're not worth my time. So I think he's he's master, you know, being in that that realm of restaurateur. But um he will order he orders all flats. Oh. I have not been I've not successfully um converted him to using the two boner language. The two boners. <laughs> yeah. But he gets all flats grilled and redipped. And he wants it as a mix of barbecue and buffalo sauce. He definitely wants blue cheese, and it needs to come on a plate. Do not bring him it. Do not bring him wings in a basket. He'll pick it up and throw it against the wall. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. But I'd love it. I would love to see. I would love to be. I would think that person was a jackass, but I would love to be in a place where somebody is that wild that something. Furious them. And then I would hate them, but I think that would be hilarious. So tell me his order again one more time. You got it. It's all flats, grilled, and then redipped in a barbecue buffalo mix, and then served on a plate with with blue cheese. That might be the best wing order. Does any so he has them like double cooked, yeah. Basically. All flats. So places like Zips get mad at you. Like they won't do all flats or they won't split it or something like that. Yeah. I always just try to be like, okay, just I'll eat what you bring me. Because I'll eat both, but I like flats more. Yeah. Um, but this barbecue and buffalo mixed together sounds yeah. really good. Yeah. He's usually pretty good about sharing once, yeah. once the plate arrives. And the thing about the plate, I've said it many times, I hate getting wings in a paper carton. Or a basket, you know, like yeah. a basket's not as bad, but the paper carton at Buffalo Wild Wings makes me so mad because they charge pretty good money for their wings. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Like Native New Yorker, or it's just called Native now, mm-hmm. um, they serve it on like a pizza tray. So you uh, just have this nice flat surface to like put your bones over here. Yeah, and yeah. so I like that. I think I'll have to try that. And I think it's important to have the space for. The un the yet uneaten and then uh-huh. and then the remains. Yeah. Do you feel kind of proud when you're with him? Like, oh, we he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And it's just fun. It's just fun to watch him because he like kind of gets into a posture and a stature to make sure that it's heard and then it's heard well. And for the most part I've found people like the way he delivers it, people are pretty receptive to it. Because he knows how to speak to restaurant people. Yeah. Yeah. I've, you know, it hasn't happened to me too much, but I do love when you're dining with people who know how to dine or somebody who, who knows wine mm-hmm. and they just well, let me do this and you just yeah. feel so cool. Yeah. You, and I like defer to the people who know. Yeah. This is your thing. It's not my thing. It's your thing. So I'll just eat it. <laughs> oh, I like it. I yeah. like it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is kind of interesting there. You're going to probably think and see wings a lot more now, you know, like, Mm-hmm. Now that we've cons, and the funny thing is, this podcast isn't really about wings. I mean, it is, but it's it's the catalyst that brings people together, uh-huh. and then it's a way to like hear people's stories and stuff like that. So I'd say, I'd say we were successful today. It's a win. <laughs> it is a. It's win. It's our Sunday win. You can't lose. You. This is your second Sunday win because I arrived here right around the same time that the wing delivery was arriving. Oh my so gosh! You're on a roll. I that walked was a outside. Win. I see this woman, and I and I was like, is that Malia? And I said, she's wearing heart sunglasses. That is totally <laughs> Malia. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to yell, though, because I'm not quite sure. And I was, and the Uber Eats was about to pull up, and I was like, this is great. I don't have to make two trips downstairs. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I have to give, I, I would love to shout out those heart-shaped sunglasses, because for a long time, I'm like, 
even though most people who know me would be like, you're totally a heart sunglasses person. For me, I'm like, no, I don't know, I'm not. But um, <clears throat> the, the woman who is the owner of this um, site, loveglassesrevolution.com, she is this amazing um, entrepreneur, this amazing woman who's local here in Phoenix, but I think she sells across the country. But her philosophy is that when you're wearing them, you can only see the world with love. Oh, it's and it's so like you, they're they're both how you see the world, but they're also like can be a protective shield. Like you can't see the haters because you're wearing your love glasses. And everything that she does is like love revolutionary. And so it's really fun. So it's loveglassesrevolution.com? Yes. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I'm, when I saw you post about it, I was like, I need those. Yeah. Um, but now I and have she does website. awesome things. Like she did, um, the pair that I have today are, are pink heart-shaped glasses with polka dots. And I bought them specifically, again, because I'm also like, eh, pink, I'm not really pink, pink. But she was donating to Planned Parenthood based on all of the proceeds that she did from that particular sun, that oh, nice. glasses sale. And I'm like, I... I can totally get behind that. And then those glasses tend to be a conversation piece as well. Yeah. As, oh my as evidence right here. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think that's the thing. I think, you know, earlier you were talking about connecting with more people and, and do I know what's going on or, or whatever. Not whatever, but I think that's all it takes is to connect with one person or get mm -hmm. involved in one thing, you know, mm -hmm. and then now and then it just like really can expand doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I like that. What else do you like? What are your favorite things? What are my favorite? Oh, you know what? One of my favorite things is my cat, Ted. <laughs> Ted. <laughs> Ted. Ted is an orange tabby who um, would, would love nothing more than for me to, for me to have my day job being um, him on my lap, snuggling and cuddling. And, um, I, I, you know, if, there was, if there's a sponsor out there, like if Friskies or, you know, Meow Mix were all about <laughs> that, we, like we could just have a live... Um, her cam and I could make a living off of that that would oh, be, that'd be amazing that'd be something great yeah. I think with all these people having these alternative income sources and and like they don't have jobs I do daydream about it like what would I do and and just what my life would be like if I didn't have to work like an eight to five type of job I love my job but I also like not working <laughs> right <laughs> right right um I like it do you watch television yeah what are your favorite things on tv um well, I'm, I got rid of cable a few years ago, and so it's kind of, I go by the whims of what am I hearing about on Netflix or Hulu. Um, I was definitely late to the party, but just finished, at least on Netflix, and I think there's one season to go, but I watched um, Jane the Virgin. Oh, I still haven't watched that. It was, I don't know what took me so long. Really? But Yeah, because a couple people had recommended it to me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it, I will. I mean, the first episode, I was instantly a fan, and it's, it is ridiculous, right? There's the, the satire and parody of telenovela uh -huh. through this, like, dramedy-style look of it. Um, and so it's so creative. Um, but then, like, after time, like, you get, in, you get to know the characters, and you're in, and then, like, you start to realize, like, they weave in messages around like body positivity around sex positivity they weave in things around immigration and you know uh folks earning their citizenship and are they document like real issues that get like it excited me that these are important issues that get delivered 
to the masses uh-huh. through entertainment. And I yeah. thought that was really cool. And it's that is cool. really fun. I mean, some of the characters on there are, some are very handsome. <laughs> won't lie. Um, and then there's, a, you know, a few characters that are like just really um, audacious and big and bold and it's fun. Yeah. I'll have to check it out now. I always kind of was like, no, that's not for me. But, yeah. you know, when, when sometimes when you hear it the right way, it's like, oh, check it out mm-hmm. um I I gave up cable a while ago but then I went back because I was obsessed with news mm-hmm. and stuff like that and I really yeah. and then I was fa- I found myself paying for shows that I couldn't get on any service right like and I'm like wait now I'm just spending as much as I would probably on cable right, right. the piecemeal of all of it it's yeah like, well, I may as well just yeah it's so stressful it's like I don't know what to do I mean this this is this is what 40 looks like <laughs> But then now we I'm get really stressed. At, like, how are we going to consume our entertainment? <laughs> I in the, this year I've been really busy. This is the first year I'm not super obsessed with TV, which I I've always have been. And I want to see the new season of Handmaid's Tale, but I no longer mm-hmm. have a Hulu. Like my friend had it, and then he canceled it. I might be able to support you in that. Oh endeavor. my goodness! Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about just getting my own subscription, but I was like, now that the season's almost over, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then there's a, like a Mindy Kaling show, but I'm afraid to sit and binge watch because I'm not doing other things. Yeah, like I every day I'm like, you need to write, you need to write, you need to write, mm-hmm. and then I, it's like if I get into a show, it's not that's all. Oh, I watched um, an entire season of something my friend had recommended on netflix called in the dark or into the dark but i watched the entire season like morning tonight and oh. I was like, oh well there goes saturday i should have done that this weekend there i should stop filling saturday. my weekends with stuff and just like binge something one day i really like the true crime shows oh yeah so the, and those are ones that i can like i feel like they're just always going to be there and yeah. they're single episodes right so it's like you know you know how many how creeped out do I want to feel? Right. <laughs> or, or how, you What's know. been your favorite true crime stuff? Um, I've been, some of them are like when it's a story. Like I did watch a while back, what, How to Make a Murderer. Making um, a Murderer? Uh, yeah. How to. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. I'm making up shows as I go. <laughs> Mixing up this. <laughs> the one with was the Wisconsin one? Yeah. Yeah. So I, watched, that I thought that was really good. And this, the arc of the story with it was good. But also then the ones that are just like. Um, like a serial formulaic show where it's like a cold case files where it's like oh, each yeah. episode you can be like, oh, or forensic files or things oh, like that. Oh, yeah. I really like watching the old ones too, like seeing the, um, some of the ones where you're like, it's still from, yeah, it's, it's still from like the early 90s and you're like, oh, I remember that hair. Or I remember <laughs> that, I remember that style, that look. I don't watch those as much, but they talk about them a lot, like on My Favorite Murder. Where mm-hmm. I saw you at My Favorite Murder. Mm-hmm. We just, yeah. isn't that great how we just ran into each other? Like literally just ran into <laughs> each other. <laughs> and there's so many people there. And you were with Ernesto Ortiz, who's uh-huh. one of my favorite people. Uh-huh. Um, and we found each other in that whole crowd. We truly bumped into each other because we had just, we were standing in a really, really long bar line. And one of the staff there, I think they were trying to like, people manage and like move manage and they were like there's a shorter bar line on the second floor and (laughs) Ernie and I like we actually started to run (laughs) why and it's like we said before like drinking isn't all that important to us anymore but standing in line is also like the worst so it was like and And we started running and we really truly ran ran into you that is so great and that's what I was like I need you on my podcast I almost had given up I'm like maybe she doesn't want to do it uh, oh no! Absolutely, 
did you, um, how long have you been listening to My Favorite Murder? Um, not from the very, very beginning, but I probably, f- um, was led to them. A friend of mine had listed some of her favorite podcasts, um, and maybe like around their episode 40 or so. Yeah. So it felt pretty early on. And it was the kind of thing like as soon as I was all in right away. And because they had had many, like I could just for hours, like I'm cooking or I'm doing this or I'm doing yes. that. And then when I got to the point where it's like I was all caught up and had to wait a week in between each, I was like, oh. oh you know what? Oh, that was nice. That was a nice feeling when you first discover something and you get really hooked on it. Yeah. Um, I would listen to them out of order. Mm-hmm. I would just pick the murder I wanted, what I thought sounded good. And I really wish I had just started from the beginning. Mm. And I guess I could go back, but then I listen to him going, no, I felt like I just heard this, or I felt like I just yeah. heard this. So yeah. I think I've heard them all, though, now. Do you think you're a Karen or a Georgia? Oh, I'm a Karen all the way. Yeah. I think I'm a Karen. Yeah. I have gone in and out of love with Georgia, mm-hmm. but I think after seeing them live, it made me come back to Georgia. Like, I, I do appreciate her more now. Yeah. Uh, in, in any podcast, I get really upset Excuse me. If somebody like steps on a punchline or interrupts, <laughs> I get really. Uh-huh. There's another one I listen to where there's one person who just will step on it or interrupt and just go yeah yeah yeah, and I'm like shut up, <laughs> just shut up, stop it. You're stopping comedy gold here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Georgia, Georgia almost like spoiled something once on one episode, and I was like. <gasps> Georgia, no. But did you see her shoes that night? Yes. I have them now. (laughs) In fact, that was inspired by to know you wear the shoes. Well, yeah, because she shops at Mod Cloth. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so do I. And there's a lot of things now that I'm like, oh, yep. But those shoes I I have. And see, I'm going to ruin every conversation by looking it up. That's all right, because I want to see them again. Well, there's a lot of dresses now, and I'm like, I have that dress, Georgia. Look at that. I so wish you, so Karen- you're definitely a Karen, although you, you, but in disguise, you're in disguise as Georgia. You're right. You're right, because <laughs> Georgia does like her dresses, and um, my my dress with the, um, it's got uh, jellyfish. I actually wore it last night. Um, Georgia wears that one. Jellyfish dress. It's awesome. so pretty. It's blue, and it has, like, pinky purple jellyfishes and now of course i can't see it but their their instagram is really nice though it's like a lot of goods i mean because i get jealous after a while if a podcast gets too big sometimes i don't watch it listen to it anymore Mm -hmm. because i just i think i'm jealous or i'm like oh i'm so glad everybody gives you all this free stuff enjoy i'm trying to get over a hundred listens that's (laughs) one thing i always found was counterintuitive to me around like people who are really, really successful and then also have a lot of resources at their disposal. People throw free shit at them. It's like, they don't need it for free. They can. Well, and it's, but it's grown, right? Like, you know, they started out, it was very cutesy and now Mm -hmm. it's like, oh wow, look, you're getting all this. And there's, I think they might be getting wise to it, but they would be like, oh, and then they gave us this and then they gave us this. And now I'm just like, I want Japanese Kit Kats. I don't know. I get it. And then you're right. Um, Maybe I just shouldn't be so jealous. (laughs) Or, or what is it? It's that kind of thing of like, well, 
when you're happy for them, it like you extended your own ability to be happy. Yeah, maybe that's what's making me so unhappy. I'm so jealous of so many people right now. No, I, it's hard. It's hard to not like to see when it's like that's what I'm trying. Like that's where I'm trying to get to. Well, they were a big inspiration yeah. for me to really start this because I realized it doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. do completed, you know, get it complete, and that was big, and it really inspired me because they're definitely not perfect, right. and so so I really like that. It's just when somebody get, I I think at one point I felt like maybe they jumped the shark, mm. you know. You can tell when things get super corporate, or it's like, okay, do I need a book? I don't know. How much right. am I really going to get into this? Right. But it was like that with um like the chive. The chive was so much fun when it was new and it was like this kind of just weird underground thing almost. And then it gets too popular and right. Then it's like nah. And then instead of being produced for like a niche audience and mm-hmm. produced for a mass audience, that there's some of that that maybe core identity. Well, it's like chive TV and the bar now, and I've seen it everywhere recently. It yeah. is fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it, here's what happens when I watch it. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Oh. 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 Right, that's. <laughs> you're so expressive. I love it. And then I feel bad because then the people that I'm with have no, like if you're facing the TV and they're not, have no idea why you're having these reactions. And then you're not engaging with the people around you either. Correct. It's just a way Absolutely. to zone out and like, oh. Right. I just completely disrespected you here in my personhood to watch some stranger I don't know fall off a bike. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, no, I'm glad we're talking about this because it kind of helps me reset. and Just chill the F out, Mary. Just calm down. Mm-hmm. Do your thing. You are enough. You are enough. Ugh. I also really resonated with the... Like, things don't have to be perfect. And, like, in my work, a lot of, um, a lot of like, perfection is a characteristic of this, the, the culture of whiteness, the culture of white supremacy. And it's not, it's not something that is exclusive to white people. I want to kind of make that very clear. It's this culture that we all swim in where it's like perfection is expected and there's no such thing. Like it is an illusion. And if you're constantly working for that, the things that you sacrifice or the things that you miss out on can be so painful and so harmful to yourself and to others when it's like perfect doesn't exist. And if you're, and for me, like being in a space of, am I good enough as a, as a white middle-class woman who has a whole bunch of privilege in many, many different areas I do get a lot of fear around entering into the work and not doing it right or not doing it well. Um, and so there are some, I have some really great peers who have talked about B minus work. Like don't go for 100%, go for 80% because you'll actually move forward and you'll start to create some change. And it, it won't be perfect, but you'll have done something because the illusion of perfection often is something that keeps people from working toward change or working toward judge justice yeah. or working towards something better than what we have. Also, like, that is profound. You're totally right. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> but also, it, let's say if you hit that perfect whatever, then what? Right. Like, what do you do next? Right. And how do, do you, you maintain stop? it? Right. Like, how do, how's that maintained and what does that do for yeah. you? Yeah. B minus. Yeah. B minus work. Yeah, there's a couple co- like life coaches out there who really? are, are, you know, in, in that respect of yeah, like 80%. Like if you did a, a work survey and got 80% respondents, people would be like, that's amazing, right? Yeah. You got 80% response. And it's like, but why don't we live our lives in that? 
Like how early were we conditioned in school to get 100% on a test or that that's the that's the benchmark rather than like good enough. Good enough is I feel like anytime I communicate that, it gets a lot of bad looks from like my leadership or whatever like, mm-hmm. "Oh, you're not striving for excellence." And it's like, "No, I just want to want to yeah. be done with it." Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, so this is going to marinate for a while and then I'm going to have all these like later, I'm going to be like, it's oh, been something wow. I've been working on for like, it, it rolls off the tongue now. But the first time I heard someone say B minus work, I had like a visceral physical reaction of like, what? A B? <laughs> a B? Oh my God. Where okay. do you get your content from? Are you doing the research? Um, is it from experience or like, where do you get your content from to deliver to organizations? Um, so I've been, I've been really lucky to have some really great mentors and coaches. Um, some of them are folks who were colleagues. Um, some of them who are still with the anti-defamation league, some of them who have moved on into other things as well. Um, and I, I give them so much credit because there's a lot of that we're all we're all learning, right? We're all learning. We all have our moments where we do an ouch or an oops and work through it. So being around professionals who are willing to be on the journey with you and, and are willing to accept that that B minus because we are gonna screw up to say like, Hey, I wanna talk to you about something I heard you say that I'm still like sitting with. Let me bring you along. So I think a lot of my learning has come from other folks. And then about a year and a half ago, I was led to a woman who does a lot, has spent her career um, working with consulting, like in a consulting firm and then went off on her own, has done a lot in higher education. Um, Her name is Dr. Kathy O'Bear, and she had set up a year-long mentoring process for folks who wanted to work in the industry of equity and diversity and inclusion and um, got to a place where she felt like seeing kind of what's happening in our world, in our country, in our societies, like the incivility that exists. And she was like, oh, we need so many more people out doing this work. So she kind of made a commitment that she wanted to create kind of the next generation of give give everything that she has learned and that she has done and give that to to others to work with. So I got to be part of like, a cohort of about 20 other folks all across the country who were also working with Kathy and it's been really fantastic. Oh, very cool. Cause I'm sure that question comes up a lot. Like of like, okay, so where, you know, where does this come from? I mean, do you just pull it out of your head or whatever? It, there's some like, 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 um, stuff behind it, right. more behind it. Right. And there, are, I mean, there are several really incredible scholars that have done research and studies and I'm just, and theory, and and I'm not a I'm not a theory person, or I'm I'm thankful that that work exists, yeah, and can can offer me models of practice. Like I feel like my zone is in being the practitioner. I get real impatient if I had to do the research and do all of the right, theory. Like right. that's not my zone of genius. You're just delivering on that. Yeah. That's so finding yeah finding like scholars, mentors, like generations of amazing amazing people. Some of it um, really uh, there's a lot of really great. Um, practices that tie back into um, indigenous ways of being uh-huh. that are really beautiful and um, I think take like, again as a white woman I need to be really mindful about um, applying those practices and, and if I can and do it appropriately or should you know or is that how do I work in collaboration oh, I with see. people of color how do I work in collaboration with indigenous peoples and 
and knowing that, yeah, maybe my niche is to work with other white people to help have the journey of like, oh, I'm seeing the world differently than I had for a while. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. I like it. Yeah. Malia, what do you want in the next one to three years? If we're going to like virtual vision board, what's mm. on that board? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. One to three years. One to three years. Um, I think I, I would like in, I would like in three years to feel like, um, that in my business that I'm being successful, but success to me would look like having a community of other people who also do this independent work where we are constantly like connecting with each other, learning from each other, collaborating on things, um, so that we're bringing kind of the most diverse voices and experiences to possible clients that we'd be working with like to to be in collaboration with other people who have that same passion and that same fire for you know fighting the good fight nice yeah anything else um you can be selfish yeah i'm like three like abs (laughs) (laughs) one one to three years yeah I don't, I've always like wanted the abs, but I don't want to do the work that <laughs> is required to get there. So I guess I don't want them. Like, like for me, it's like, there's like, I'm like I don't want them enough. Um, Some abs. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think what a three in my vision board in three years from now. I just like to think of more short term. Mm-hmm. I think you just kind of. I'm in a place where theoretically I have freedom because I'm self-employed, but it doesn't feel very free. And I think a lot of people would say the same thing of that, like, oh, yeah, there's a, the illusion of freedom. But that, yeah. I, that you know, I can pick up my computer and say I'm going to go to Southern California for a week and still be working and not there. But I would like to be on this kind of thing like, well, I can go and not be working would right. be pretty cool. But I don't... I. I don't know. It's it's hard to. I don't think I'm in a place where it's very blurry. The future is very blurry. I see. So maybe some stability and freedom. Yeah. Like work life balance. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know better than I do. A vision board is a great way to do mm-hmm. it, and that's why I like to say it out loud with yeah. the podcast. How about you? Oh my gosh. I'll tell you what. The tables have turned. The Jared, interviewee becomes the interviewer. I know. I get so uncomfortable. Jarrett uh, did a piece at my work, and one mm. of the things was, like, this little questionnaire, and it was, like, 21 wishes fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And I learned there was no science behind the 21. But then I thought, well, if you t- ask me to, to write down 21 things I want, you're going to get past the initial stuff and get into some deeper stuff. And I'll revisit that page a couple times, Mm -hmm. and I've already accomplished a lot of things on the list. I love that. I know. I'm like, whoa, wait a second. And so how long ago was that? It was in January. Okay. So it was kind of perfect, you know, Uh um, for the year. But, you know, it had things like do comedy out of state. Mm -hmm. Um, You've been killing that one. You've been all over the place. yeah. You know, oh, get into an out-of-state festival. Mm -hmm. And then it happened, like, right away, and then it kept happening. And then... um, what was it? I can't remember the other stuff. Travel with my parents, which we might go somewhere soon. We don't go far, but they don't travel much. But um, stuff around comedy that was just really fortunate, I think, to to do. So it is mm. neat how that works. Yeah. So, But if you're asking what do I want in the next one to three years, um, I want to travel more for comedy. Mm-hmm. And I want to get a good balance between work and my passion so that I don't feel like 
like I'm neglecting one to do the other like I want a good balance Mm -hmm. I would you know I want to say relationships and then I just get scared too because it's like it's I want the right relationship yeah yeah it's okay to say that. I know. It's weird. Like, yeah. Say what you want and when you want it. Like, yeah, I want, I want the, that. I want a supportive partner to, like, be there for me, support me, sit on the couch and watch TV with me. You know, just, like, yeah. partnership, you yeah. know? Um, and then push each other and have fun and all of that. Like a best friend, really. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why that's so hard to find. You know, I I can remember... Several years back, some women who I was friends with who were about 10 years older than me at the time. So let's say they were in their, they were, you know, within their 40s. Um, and they were saying, yeah, they, they they did want a partner. Like they wanted someone in their life and their life was really good, right? Their li- they were really happy with where they were in life. Mm-hmm. So it was the kind of thing of finding that, like, I need somebody who is going to make my life better because right. I'm not willing to give up any of this lifestyle and my values and the way I live. Like, so you have to either be able to like slide right in and be icing on this cake or it's not worth it. And I think, oh yeah, that is getting to a place. Like, and that's a empowering place to be, but I think it also does make the partnership piece harder or it meets the communication and like, this is my expectation. Yeah. And I'm willing to yield. It's not like, you know, it, that sounds really good. And I used to say it too, right? If you can't make my life better, but I do understand relationships are give and take, Mm -hmm. but that the part that I'm getting needs to be a certain amount before I'm willing to like, you know, yield some things. Right. Um, yeah, I think moving downtown was a really good, I, so far, I'm pretty happy with it, but I've been able to connect more with my female friends mm-hmm. and get closer, which is what I've been wanting. So I always wanted a friend to, like, come over, lay on the bed, and I'll fold laundry, and we just talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, you sit there, I'll fold laundry. Right. I have to I have to do this anyway, so come over yeah, and be here while over, we just, you know, just chat. Yeah. yeah. Sit on the couch, I'm cooking, and then we'll just talk. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my favorite thing, I think, is yeah. just is hanging out, you know? So I feel like I've been getting there, which which is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. So do you like that? Now I'm turning this to Mary's therapy right now. <laughs> Would you like, we should switch. Do you want to be on the couch? I'll take the chair. Next we'll start crying probably. <laughs> Just kidding. Malia Dunn, it has been fantastic to have you on the show today. I appreciate it so much. Thank I feel like you. we're all better for listening to you today. So You're very um, kind. Thank wh- you. Where can people find you? If they want to hire you, they want you to com- come and talk inclusion and diversity yeah. and embrace it. Yeah, my website is maliadun.com. Um, I'm actually going to spell that because my parents did not do me the favor of a phonetic spelling of my <laughs> name. So it's Malia, which is M-E-L-I-A, Dunn, D-U-N-N.com. Awesome. Yeah, and this is good because I have been like doing like a little bit of behind the scenes tinkering on my website like I really need to judge it I'm really like there's more that I'm trying to put out and now like speaking it out loud to yeah. a place that will go public it's like oh shit then I better I better get to it I better yeah. make this a real thing I like absolutely that. thank you for creating some urgency <laughs> that I have been procrastinating please get to work on that well let's go swimming <laughs> let's, um, like, let's have a cannonball contest <laughs> I have to be careful of my my oh, ear. Oh, your ear. That's right. Okay, <laughs> we'll put that on hold. We'll put that on hold. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you, Malia Dunn. We'll see you next time on Wings with Friends. Bye. Bye.